Welcome to Old School, Jake Uger, Mark Thompson, everybody. Okay, Mark T. Thompson, right? If you want it to be, it's actually S, but. No, okay, so it's not T, it's S. Yeah, but it's whatever you want. I mean, this is old school. Have we gone over this, what S is for? Well, it's S for a lot of things, but the actual name is Stuart. Oh, that's unfortunate. Why is that? <laughs> I wish I had a more interesting response, Jack. Uh, Jack, I, 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 it's quite um, yes. No, but Stuart sounds sounds uh, regal. I find. Yeah, Stuart, that's right. Yes. I mean, it's Stuart is the kind of guy who might say, "I do declare." Yes. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and, and or Stuart Smalley. Oh, I Stuart see. Little. I'm more small-ish than yeah. little. Um, I feel. You know, I either you. way, either way. Stuart occasionally wears bow ties. I do you see what don't I'm disagree with that. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Do we, do I'm we ST, I don't know if it matters, but I'm S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Way better, but still doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Fair it's, enough. Fair. It's definitely better, but it's not better enough yeah. to put you over the I top. hear you. Yeah, okay. well, that's about the best I can serve <laughs> up, so. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. no, you know what, I mean, but you're getting real close there, because if it was your last name, there's nothing wrong with it at all, like John Stewart. Sure. Right? Uh, as a middle name, you're right on the bump. <laughs> right? You're right on the edge there. You're you hit like it's a push. Wow, this is right. Really, here's it the worst your part first of this. Name, no this is from a guy named Jank Uger. Okay, this is, <laughs> all right, and I am getting a blowtorch on my name, <laughs> even though Jank. Most of the time, people can't even get his name right. Yeah, yeah. Saint but. Weiger is giving you shit about your name, which is Stuart. Like whatever, right? <laughs> I mean. Has anyone ever thrown a stone for for out of a house made more of glass than <laughs> exactly, me? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right? Like it's paper thin glass I'm throwing yeah, that stone from. <laughs> so odd. I mean, I've never gone after Jank for his name, like yeah. you know. But uh, so, that was one of the things that really pissed me off when you debated Ben Shapiro. He deliberately always called you Sank in uh, that day, and I didn't even know. So you know that here's a thing I never told anyone on on air publicly and. Privately, maybe two people ever, right? Because who cares? But I couldn't hear a third of what he said. So I, I never heard him call me Sank. Because on that podium, and that's why we did it differently with Tucker Carlson the next year, on that podium, on that stage, we had we were up on podiums, but really distant from one another. Yeah. And it was super loud in that in in the Terror Dome. Or, you know, yeah, no, they play it that right, way, right, right yeah. with everybody's And no, that's fun, that's all good. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he brought a lot of his guys, bless his heart, that's good tactics yeah. and stuff like that. But, and I would re respond to the two thirds that I heard, like, and I never rewatched it, but every once in a while, somebody, and I don't mean trolls, like, I don't know why, but it'll pop up on my radar, like a two minute thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I never heard him say that. Yeah. Right. And I, you, when you said, I never heard him call me Sank ever. Yeah, he kept calling you Sank. And I was giving you mad ass credit for not right. Cause I don't think I could have said, I think I would have gone, uh, by the way, it's Jank, but, and then I would have continued. You know what I mean? And then when he did it again, I go, by the way, it's Jank. And then I would have gone, but you didn't, and it's, you seemed like so. Cool ahead because of it, and as it turns out, you just didn't hear no, it. No, no. So, I, two things on that. One, you should now take away credit from me because I was not playing it cool. I just didn't hear him. Right. Okay. Secondly, you should take away more, way more credit from him because we sat together for half an hour to an hour before the debate because they had to move the venue, and so we were in the green room together for a long, long time. And so I, I, my recollection is that he knows it's pronounced oh, Jank. One hundred percent, Ben Shapiro knows that your name is Jank. Yeah, but in the and moment. we were so friendly, and that's the thing. Like that's why uh, Ben uh, Shapiro versus Tucker Carlson's a fascinating difference. Yeah, I heard and I got kind of vindicated a little bit on on the on me insisting that there's a difference in today's news. So, but I'll explain. Okay. So Ben uh, views it all as a sport. Right, and that's okay. It's just different, right? Sure. And so he's like, "Oh, we're in the green room. We're having we're having a good conversation. We're talking about each other's kids. It's good." Mm -hmm. And then he gets out there and does his tactics. Yeah, sank and this, yeah. and you know, yeah. I hey, taxes should be a little bit higher. So I guess it should be a hundred percent. No, nobody said that. That doesn't make any sense. But your mindless guys are going. Mm -hmm. I got him. He got him. It should be a hundred percent. That's what the guy said. Right. So he just he's gonna go play the do the playbook. 
Tucker, on the other hand, we had a solid, I don't know, 20 minute, 15, 20 minute conversation backstage in that terror dome. But that was a much larger thing, and we were, it doesn't matter. But he was a real person, and it's not sport. Like, for better or for worse, he means what he says. And yeah, I mean, is that better? I hear what you're saying. Yeah. He's taking, and you, I remember, I think you were talking to Ann about this the other day, that there was a back and forth, and yeah. you felt as though he was listening, as opposed to just mm-hmm. waiting to pummel you with the- 100%. You know, it, he was points. having a, that was the only real conversation I had at Politicon between Shapiro, Coulter, uh, D'Souza, and, and Tucker Carlson. I mean, by a landslide. like. So I, I pummeled D'Souza and Coulter, and I would argue Shapiro, but his guys would go, hey, wait, say, okay. The thing about Shapiro, you can't tell because he just keeps, like, yeah, he's, he's like, got, a, he's got his tactics, and yeah. it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's okay, God bless. I don't yeah. give a shit what you think about it, right? Sure, 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 sure. Right. What but with I Carlson, about, you're saying. What yeah. I care about is, are we having a real exchange of ideas, mm-hmm. right? And with as soon as I sense with the other three that we were not, I'm like, okay, let's go to debate mode. And with Ann Coulter, it was awkward because I was supposed to be interviewing her. And it originally was not a debate, but it kind of devolved into one because she was so yeah. outlandish. Yeah, she and, throws these grenades yeah. and you have to respond. Yeah, that's right. And so it like turned into an informal debate. And then D'Souza and Shapiro were real debates. Uh, but we set a conversation with Tucker Carlson, and it and I thought, yeah, no, it's gonna be a debate, right? And I, but it didn't. And and so today, how was I vindicated? Um, he said, you know, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has a good point about Amazon. Why are we giving two billion dollars uh, in subsidies to the richest man in the world? And I'm like, See, that is that's what he talked about backstage, and he talked about it on stage a little bit. What I was most surprised by backstage about Tucker Carlson's real opinions is uh, how anti corporate he was. He's, and he said it a little bit on stage, how he's more worried about big business than he is about big government. And I was like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Wow. Right? Yeah. And we had a lot of agreement on the big government, on big business issue, right? By the way, we also have some agreement on big government. It just means which part, right? Well, and, and right? now the, the two have sloshed together so seamlessly. That's right. That, yeah. Is there a word for that when big government and big business get together? <laughs> And then there's a little bit of militarism thrown in, and you follow a cult leader. Ah, there should be a word for that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, we make up words on old school. Maybe we can. Up, oh, how about like it's like it's kind of fast and furious. Mm, yeah. But it's got to have an ism in it. Yeah. Right. Maybe like we made up what four or five words on old school, right? Fascism, fascism. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, that's catchy. All right, fascism. Yeah, I like it. Now, so you're not surprised that I think big government, big business working together is fascism because that's the definition. Uh, Okay, and and other things that I mentioned. But it is curious that Tucker Carlson is concerned about that. And and then I'll tell you something else. Um, I read uh, somewhere just two days ago that he is the most uh, in a poll. Uh, conservatives find him to be the most trustworthy, which then I will go further uh, in not letting you speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have eight topics. Welcome to old school. Yeah. Yeah. Eight topics that, while I've been talking, that I came up with. Anyway. <laughs> so, is that um, he's the most trusted? Yeah, he's the most trusted, and and the thing that that uh, mainstream media doesn't tell you about. Is people hate big business. It polls really, really poor, poorly. Of course. Right. But you never hear it on TV because TV is big, big business. business. Right? Ding, 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 ding. That's right. So when Tucker Carlson started hitting big business from the right side, it, people were really receptive to it. Like when Trump started hitting free trade from the right side, people mm. were receptive to it because those are all like, Look, there's logic in free trade, but there's also a great clamoring, legitimately so, for fair trade, both from the right and the left, right? Yep. But, but the elites don't want that, right? They want big corporations to write the trade packs, right? And they want big corporations to be viewed positively. So you never hear a damn thing about that on mainstream media. That's right. They want to be able to manipulate trade deals the way they always have. Yeah. And so when we say from the left. Those free trade deals are not so free, and they're definitely not fair. 
People go, yeah, right? And when Tucker says it from the right, they go, yeah. Or Trump says it from the right, they say, yeah. And same thing on big business. Big business is crushing us. It's the public corporations are up, you know, right at the top of the biggest problem in America. It's not that you shouldn't have corporations. Look, let's I don't want, I'm not a right winger. I don't, I do do I do do nuance, right? And it's it's not a black and white world. You need companies, you need you need limited liability, you need corporations. But public corporations have a great number of problems. One is that their owners don't run them. The executives run them, okay? And the executives do not own the company. They have a totally different incentive system. Number two is we have told public corporations, we have written into the law and hence their coding that they must maximize profit at all costs. Right, that's their job. That's their job. It is a, it's a computer program that we programmed to crush us all to maximize profit. That's right. And so steamroll everything in your path. Right, so if you have to slash budgets and slash staff and lower hourly wage, whatever. We want. We only care about that stock price, we only care about the yeah. health of the corporation. You, you pollute the environment, who cares? That's not in your programming. Right. And some on the left make the mistake of thinking that corporations are immoral. They're not, they're robots, they're computer programs, they're amoral. They have no morality at all, which is arguably worse, right? Mm -hmm. Like morality is not coded into their system, so they don't care about it at all. That's why, you know, as someone who's kind of watching these environmental issues get thrown out the back door. Uh, I know we're all watching it, but I'm just saying that they, it's particularly galling because there's sort of a sense of, well, you know, good, good corporate citizens will watch over the environment, they'll watch over water quality, they'll watch over toxicity that's dumped into the, uh, into the air, into the land. And of course, as Jenk says, there's no, uh, there's no charge for that. There's no uh, reason for that. There's no, it's, no, they won't. So first of all, there is no such thing as a good corporate citizen. There's also no such thing as a corporate citizen. Those things are misnomers, they don't exist. And number two, if you do do the quote unquote right thing or the moral thing and it costs the company money, you will be fired. That's a fact, okay? You have a fiduciary responsibility to maximize shareholder profits. And if you are not doing it because you're soft on the environment, you're soft on your labor and and the people working for you, uh, you will be removed from that uh, position. And and if like the example that I always uh, hearken back to with poor details, sorry, but it was a, a giant insurance company in California. They raised rates uh, this during the Obama years thirty nine percent. Okay, in one year, and a lot of people had to go off of insurance because they couldn't afford it anymore. And uh, and they're I think there's a high level executive, but not the CEO. Complained and said, "This is not right." Okay, number one, people can't afford this. We're gonna—they're gonna go bankrupt. Number two, the ones that now uh, literally can't afford it and don't have it, they—they they get sick. They're gonna die. This is wrong. They're like, "Oh, that's a good point." You're fired. They immediately fired her. They're like, "What do you mean? We're maximizing profit. Get the f- out of here, right? With your thirty-nine percent is too high. Who gives a shit, right? At thirty-nine percent." We maximize profit, not at 40% because then too many people leave. Mm. Not at 38% because we have it maximized. 39% is the right number and if you complain, there's a f-ing door, okay? And so she was replaced by someone who thought 39% is perfect, right? And yeah. that's how it works because it's a robot, it's a machine. The, the humans are the cogs in the machine, but the machine is the public corporation. By the way, private companies are a little different. Uh, coming out against big companies is great political fodder, right? It's great. Uh, that is to say, Trump himself came out against these big companies. They're, you know, and of course, once he gets in, he's he is the, you know, first of all, he has no idea about policy, and he just handed it over to he's handed the keys to everybody who is part of a big company, right, mm-hmm. or has strong connections to them. But you see how both Democrats and Republicans make political hay. Going up against the you know the corporate behemoths, but then they just create bigger corporate behemoths. When that's my biggest concern in this country is that now the corporations have become so big, so dominant. I mean, you could have maybe made this statement ten years ago as well. But when you look at the media companies controlled, I mean, particularly the media companies, because I consider them as being in control of the information that so many Americans get, and and they're just they're 
a handful. Yeah. No, no, it's so many different problems with it. Look, um, yeah, so exactly. doctors, for example, they think that their enemies are lawyers, right? Oh, my insurance is so high because the goddamn lawyers and stuff. And I get it, I understand. And, and uh, there are wonderful lawyers out there who are looking to protect you. There are unethical lawyers out there, okay? And, and there's a wild, wild combination of that. No, but that's not what's actually uh, your number one problem. Your number one problem is you, you're getting squeezed by every single corporation you deal with. So whether it's the drug companies, the hospitals, etc., they all have to maximize profit and you're in their way. You think they care that you're a doctor? No, they view you as any other laborer, right? And if I if the minimum wage should be as low as humanly possible, so I maximize profit. But the doctor's wages should also be as low as possible so I can take the extra dollar rather than the doctor. Right. The health insurance takes the extra dollar. The drug companies take the extra dollar. They all want the extra dollar instead of having it go to you. They need to have it go to them. Okay. The other problem with public corporations is that it's all short term, and you you got to get your quarterly returns and you got to get your earnings up every quarter. So it is directly incentivized for short term thinking and not long term thinking. The plan is going to melt down in. Now, not 100 years, but now we're down to 12 years, right? Mm. And it's melting down right in front of our eyes, right now. It's not that it starts 12 years from now, it's that it becomes apocalyptic in that period of time. But look around, especially here in California, it's already apocalyptic. And uh, and yeah, but what are my quarterly earnings? And all the executives, all their bonuses are tied to quarterly earnings. Sure, They're not tied to the health of the planet 12 years from now. No, they have, they're not incentivized in the least to make any responsible decisions about the planet. That's why you need real leadership. That's why you need real government. I mean, that's, you know, people say, well, smaller government. Okay, smaller government in certain areas, but certain things like protecting the health of everyone who lives in America, that should fall to the American government. Uh, there's also, frankly, a responsibility to the planet, to the world, you know, yeah. and, and, so in, in parts where he complains, where Tucker Carlson complains about uh, big government, he is right in that uh, it has been co-opted by those by big business. So now they it's corruption that serves the interests of big business. That is absolutely absolutely true and probably the number one thing we talk about on air, right? Uh, I would then add that big government's problem with giant military uh, that wants to start more and more wars. So I got maybe even some in some ways more issues with big government than he does. The part where I don't have an issue with big government, where I disagree with the right wing, is government is supposed to is supposed to be the one thing that represents us. It in a democracy, if it's actually functioning, it is our representatives. And what do they represent us against? So, uh, foreign invaders, right? You got to protect us from uh, people that might come and take our homes, etc. Right? But also against other entities like corporations who are not aimed to represent us, they're aimed to maximize profit. And we need people who represent us to protect us. Because the corporations are not gonna protect your streams. The government protects your streams because the government represents you and your kids. And it's gotta make sure that you're not getting poison in your water. So if that is big government, that's great, right? But the reason the right wing tells you that's bad is because they've been bought by big business sure. that wants to pollute the stream to make an extra buck. So it tells you all oh, big government trying to protect your kids. Don't let them do that. Do deregulation so we can run amok. Yes. I right? love that cumbersome regulation, cumbersome yeah. business regulation. I mean, uh, Environmental regulations, these cumbersome environment. I always call them protections. They're not. They're yeah. not regulations, right? That's exactly right. And there's another word for them: uh, laws. Regulations <laughs> are laws. So, do you believe in the rule of law or not? Now, not every law is great. Everybody knows that. And so, we're, we're, I, again, we do nuance. So, uh, the, the laws against marijuana, disastrous. Okay. So, I'm against big government enforcing that wrong law. Um, so this is the example I often use, and there's some chances apocryphal. Like I don't remember exactly, but but I remember we were Republicans growing up because my dad thought they inspected the elevators 
too many times. And in my memory, they came by six times a year to inspect elevators in his building. He's a small business owner, owns a building in Eatontown, New Jersey, right back then. And he's like, look, I, I want them to inspect the elevator because in Turkey, sometimes they don't inspect <laughs> and <laughs> elevator falls. Right? Oh. He's like, but can we do it twice a year <laughs> instead of six? It costs me money, right? <laughs> so great, that makes sense. Just because there's a regulation doesn't mean it's right by definition. What if they inspected it 72 times a year? Oh, for God's sake, right? right? So of course you need balance, but the right wing doesn't do balance. No, deregulation is right by definition. I mean, come on, look, I gotta, look, if you got taught to believe that and no one ever challenged it and you never heard a challenge of it, then you're, it's totally unfair to say that, that you're not bright, <laughs> okay? But if you heard the other side and you still think, oh yeah, deregulation under all circumstances, then you're not that bright, right? Of course it depends, of course it depends. Okay, uh, Corporation X will make money by poisoning the coffee you're drinking. Uh, we have a regulation to stop them from doing that. No, me think deregulation bad, poison coffee. <laughs> I die tomorrow, I feel great about deregulation. Right? Like what, what, that doesn't make any sense. No, and, and, and truly the history of corporations and, and companies in America and worldwide, I mean, Bhopal, India is probably one of the highest profile examples. It, it, that those histories replete with examples of doing just that, literally poisoning people with an utter disregard and knowledge of the fact that they're poisoning people. I don't mean to be too heavy, but it speaks to your point, which is certainly you need to regulate those toxins and poisons. It ha those regulations have to be there. So, okay, last thing on this, and by the way, uh, I forgot to tell you guys, uh, Old School, sponsored by ShopTYT.com, okay? <laughs> the Young Turks right here, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. okay? I still haven't gotten my Stable Genius t-shirt, I need, is that still up? Yeah, up yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I need very that. Stable yeah, Genius, yeah. Uh, and you can get that hat too, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that hat on you, Mike. So I was walking around in Washington and I was on the phone with, uh, I think it was Allison Hartson. Mm -hmm. No, Kalinsky, okay? And I see some guy walking by in a TYT hat. I'm like, and it's that old ragged one. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, there's a guy in a TYT hat. And I'm like, oh, it's Adam Green. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam Green's a, a founder and, and president of uh, Progressive Change Campaign Committee. That's great. Who's, he's been on old school for the, the old school <laughs> uh, aficionados. And, uh, and he was on the phone with Brent Welder. Who wow. was a progressive who ran in sure, Kansas? Of course. So then we all like got, got on a speakerphone. So that's great. That's great. That's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. I've had uh, just on this digression. I've had. I think I may have told you about one of them. I've had people uh, be eating uh, dinner. Let's say. Uh, let's say it because that's exactly what it was. I was eating dinner, and uh, the waiter will lean over to me and say. I think what you guys do on TYT is really great. I watch you every day. It's like really, and then I had the chef come out from behind his station, like you know, he was one of those carving station things, and he came all the way across the restaurant and goes, "Wow, I just want to tell you, you know, really appreciate the work at TYT and all this." It was just you realize, you know, when we sit here and we talk about stuff, we really worked so earnestly to try to bring across information, and so many people work here at TYT to do that, and it's just cool that. When that, when you feel that impact is being made, it's a really cool thing. Yeah, we're still in the first half hour, right? So you guys, uh, some of you are seeing, watching this on YouTube. It's recorded on Wednesday nights. Members can watch it live, and they do watch it live, uh, and and then they could also watch it whenever they want. Uh, Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member um, and and support the show and and. Um, uh, but we're also doing a contest, so if you want to do it through tyt.com slash jank. Oh, right? there you go. No, I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying, although good luck spelling it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's an easy name like Stuart. Spell it like, <laughs> spell it like Ben Shapiro spells it, Sank. <laughs> that's right, C-E-N-K. Right. C-E-N-K. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you can get the whole old school, so you can get the post games, you get the members, uh, the Young Turks, and all of our 18 shows. Okay, and I was gonna connect that to something you said, but I forgot, so I'm moving on. Okay. Okay, um, and then I'm gonna come back to a bunch of other things, including budgets, uh, but two, two other quick things. I think I saw a woman walk by in a TYT hat today, randomly, right? 
Because you have the hat on, I told Adam Green's story and I was like, oh my God, earlier today. But I'm not positive she was in a TYT hat, but I was looking at my phone. I was like, is that a TYT hat? And she'd already gone by. And then she started, she was speaking Turkish. No. And I was like, maybe it was a TYT hat. <laughs> maybe it was. Okay, or was it Adam Green in disguise? <laughs> okay, and here's Adam Green, everybody. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So, okay. How's but this isn't it cool, you know, years ago, when we used to do TYT out of that burned out building in the mid Wilshire district of Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, when it was just an effort, I mean, you were really there every day and maybe you could see daylight or maybe you just had the daylight dream. You definitely had the dream. And when you stayed at it and you stayed at it, I mean, it seemed not inconceivable because obviously it was a route that you were hoping, but wow, to have it really have caught on to the point that you're like saying, hey, that person's got a TYT hat, and that person's got a TYT hat, and the, the waiter came over and he watches TYT, and the chef came over and he watches TYT, and you know, it makes, to, to be that impactful is a really cool thing. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, I'm giving a speech, and this is so random, uh, to Turkish businesswomen tomorrow night, okay? And I only wrote out one thing, I never write out speeches, I just, you know, I'd write bullet points or whatever sometimes. Uh, but the first line is because they asked me to talk about the secrets to success. Mm. And my first line is, um, I'm supposed to talk about secrets of success, uh, but I'll tell you when I get there, right? right. Because I don't, I don't feel successful, sure. right? Like, and that's gonna actually relate to the one of the topics I wrote down. Have you ever done a budget? Like a budget for an organization, not your personal family budget or whatever, although I don't ever do that either. but. <laughs> Like, this, do people do that? They're like, okay, for food? Yeah, people do, right? Yeah, some people yeah, do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I, I do that. I mean, right. I have done that. Right? Yeah, I do it in my head. I'm like, yeah. I know I can't afford that, etc. But I have never done a budget for uh, an organization, no. In fact, when, on, on TV shows that I was involved in, it was always somebody else who did the budget. So you have never filled out a line for accounts receivables? No. Okay, count yourself lucky. <laughs> Like you don't know how lucky you are. Um, so there's only one thing I dislike more than doing budgets, and that's contracts. Oh yeah. Oh contracts. Oh with the legalese, the different language. And I went to law school. I'm a lawyer, and I'm like, right. oh, I hate this. It's so laborious. Can't stand it. Right? Budgets. Like I've gotten to the point. I, I run the company, so luckily other people do the budgets, and then I look at them. And that's not so bad. Right. Like I'm like, okay, that, but don't other people do the contracts and you look at them? Yeah, but even then, it's really laborious because because contracts it, it, not in the with. Like you right. got to make sure that you you got it right, you know, and you can't say later, well, I didn't read that page. Right, right, <laughs> right. that's true. That's true. Like I thought that page was just like <laughs> standard stuff. I didn't read it. I mean, it was a lot of mumbo jumbo. Who reads that crap? You know, right? I remember uh, <laughs> early on in my career. I ended up with a contract that stipulated that they have a 90, it was a TV station. They had a 90 day option on my services. In other words, they're really only hiring you. It was a three year contract, but they're only hiring me 90 days at a time in effect. In other words, every 90 days, they can dump you. Right. right? And I really didn't, I was so desperate for work and hoping to get ahead and everything that I just, you know, signed it and was excited and, I, I think I did it through the agent, but he said, look, it is what it is. We can't do anything. I mean, I had no power, right? But then I got an offer from a bigger market, and, a, and I called the agent. I go, I'm screwed here. I, want, I got this offer from this other, and I, he said, they have the option every 90 days, and you have the option every 90 days. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, you're kidding, they left that in, that I have the option also? And yeah. he said, yeah, and nobody caught it, so we're gonna go through it. Uh -huh. And I went right through that 90-day window to a bigger market. Ah, and, awesome. and so you're right, though, that you know, if somebody had said, well, we the slave owners, we have the 90-day option, you know, the mm -hmm. plantation owners have yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have been, I would have had to sign that, right? Yeah. Those, those contracts exist right now. Many people are working yeah. for those kinds yeah, of yeah, deals. Yeah. But uh, in this case, it was a mutual type thing. So you made me think when you said, I gotta look at everything, otherwise. Yeah, and apparently that general manager didn't look at it uh, yeah. close enough. 
and he might have been in trouble because they're like, well, you let that, uh, let that, guy that guy's go. a legend. You yeah. let them sl slip through your fingers? <laughs> okay. Well, at that time, I was not a legend. I don't know if I was ever a legend, thank you, but back then, I wasn't a legend. It was still very early in my career. So he got his ass chewed out. They were like, that is Mark S. Thompson. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I don't think there was any ass chewing going on. I think it was pretty. Uh... Can we agree that that is a very unfortunate phrase? Yes, I'm sorry about that. Cheers. Yeah, mm. no, no, I, I mentioned it originally, but like. Like, ah, oh, I got my ass chewed out. Ooh. <laughs> I don't, well, actually, maybe it was fun. I don't know. It depends yeah. on what you're into, right? 15 years ago, that was more acceptable. Today, I feel yeah. like somehow it's entered the vernacular in a different yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it goes to one of my favorite stories of this, and I'm now told this way too many times. But like the Ben Shapiro fans who see me in the streets and they go, two of them do this. Ben Shapiro ate you. I'm like, nope. No, that's not what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be eight your lunch. Or yeah, you right, gotta right. continue. You gotta finish. You gotta round it off. Yeah, you gotta round it off. Yeah, a bad heckle is really about as low as you know. Yeah. Right? If you're gonna heckle, you gotta be, have something really loaded. Yeah, but you know what? The only way it could get worse if they're like, "Oh yeah, Ben Shapiro chewed your ass out." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that feels like that. That's one. That's such an easy one to come back on. Like you know, yeah, and your mama was videoing and dude, yeah, whatever. You know, like those. You can easily turn that into you know, you get into it with them. But uh, you don't get. Do you get heckled much? Uh, I do from time to time. Yeah, because you're real. You're. I always talk about the great thing about Jank is that he he can turn down the the flame like. You know, you know how high profile and passionate and outspoken he is, right? And so you see all this this blowtorch of crap coming back at him, but you don't really, uh, you I know, I see you engage with some, like on substantive stuff, but you don't really, it doesn't get to, I've talked to you about this before, because it just astounds me. I'm really like wounded when I get, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like, no, you misunderstand. I'm trying to make a point here about blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. really. Yeah, oh, sorry, that was a troll. <laughs> yeah, you do, it doesn't bother you, doesn't bother you. No, because Mark, um, that goes to the original conversation. Oh. No, YouTube audience, we're gonna have to let you go because I was gonna make another Shapiro Tucker Carlson comparison. Oh, oh no! What's are they happened? already gone? The YouTube audience? No, so they're about to go. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna wave bye bye to them oh. in a second. So the YouTube audience gets half an hour. Uh, the podcast audience gets an hour. Only members get the whole ninety minutes. Mm. Mm. Tyt.com/slash/jank. <laughs> mm. Bye bye. Okay. That was my first ever backwards bye bye. Yeah, that was an odd bye bye. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're talking about that heckling, and I asked you. Oh, heckling. Um, you said because. Remember, you said the yeah, trolls oh, don't bother you. Yeah. Oh, that goes to the difference between Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. The trolls are like Ben Shapiro. They they don't have. It doesn't matter what you say. They're just going to attack yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have honest intent. Right. They're not having a conversation. They don't actually think what you said. Is wrong. Like they, do, I'm sure they do in their minds. Like yeah, but they're not really evaluating it. Yeah, they're a robot. They're sure. like, okay, oh, he said it. Oh, you water buffalo, brown olive dude. I hate you. What was I supposed to write? I chewed your ass out, or would really like to. <laughs> right. right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. It doesn't. It, it's not got nothing to do with what you say or yeah. how you say it. The. the the only critiques that I take seriously are ones that are earnest and and potentially constructive, even if they're not intended that way, mm -hmm. right? If they actually put thought into it and made a critique that was legitimate, then I go, oh, that's an interesting point, right? And and maybe I should rethink that. Like I know they don't believe that. They think like they think they project onto me how they react, right? That I'm a robot, and I, you know, no, I actually look at it and I decide whether you're a troll or you're real. Sure. And if and you're making a good point, then yeah. you, yeah. And our and our audience uh, has changed my mind a couple of times. Sure. Throughout the 16 years, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so once every eight years, you'd say yeah. your mind changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do actually listen. So, well, I saw, I heard you read a comment the other day from someone who. Uh, 
it was, a, was this self-proclaimed right-winger, and he says, I watch you, even though I disagree with most everything you guys say, but I think on this one, you're, uh, you were actually making a good point or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I thought, that is, a, 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 that's probably the best you can hope for, for someone who's sort of a dug-in, stated kind of right-winger. No, no, I, I, we've now gotten literally hundreds of uh, comments, both online and in person, where people have come up to me or written that, no, I was a conservative, I was evangelical Christian, I was the, I was in the closet, et cetera, and you changed my mind. Uh, and that's the best feeling in the world. That is the best feeling. Yeah. And and you yourself, right? You kind of had your own journey coming from conservative and right. That's why that adds an even greater sense of credibility to that. Yeah, and, and actually some say they're not all, but some also say that. They're like, well, I... I heard that you were a Republican, so that made me think like, oh, well, you know, maybe he understands me or maybe I'll understand him, right? Let me give this a little bit more of a shot, right? That's why I made up the story about being a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the whole cute thing with the elevator and the six inspections and the two inspections. Okay. I'm kidding. I was a Republican. Oh, I funny. was. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, that's too good. Okay. <laughs> so you know, like my the most uh, right wing thing I ever did. Uh, I think you know the when I. Well, you organized a protest, right? Yeah, I organized yeah. a pro war rally. Yeah. In, during the Persian Gulf War. Right? Unbelievable. Man, what a little prick I was. Yeah. Right, and uh, and I the first ever TV appearance was on Fox, not Fox News, the local Fox, and it was to debate the Persian Gulf War, and I went up against a, a guy who had protested the Vietnam War, and I murdered him. Did you really? I killed him. So uh, and oh wow, yeah, and it was weird because it was on television, and then they had to arrest me and. No, <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. No, but did you, did you, you were. So guys, so this is important and interesting, right? I never thought about it this way until I was just telling the story. So I did, I, I, I killed a guy right. in, in the debate, right? But that doesn't mean I was right, Yeah. right? So that's why I actually, when I was going to college, I joined the Penn Political Union because I wanted to discuss and debate political issues. But I went to a debate club uh, meeting first, and they were debating who's what's better, cats or dogs. And I'm like, I'm out. That's not interesting to me. Because that's just cock measuring, right? right. Like, oh, okay. Because there is no right answer. It's just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to prove that I'm smarter than you, right? Well, it's, a, it, it's to train debating tactics. They oftentimes take topics that really are not of any significance. Right. And I know why they do it. Sure. But it seemed insignificant and ego measuring to me. Oh, so yeah, that's I why I didn't want to do it. But, but I want you to keep that in mind too when you see debates because some people are better at debating than others. So uh, for example, me, I'm awesome at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And by the way, in debating, they, they usually suggest you come on with some self-aggrandizing statement right away. You know, like mm -hmm. really endear yourself to the audience by puffing yourself up. So you're right. Like clearly, I'm the smartest guy here. <laughs> Open with something like that, you know. <laughs> I've listened to everyone here, and clearly, I'm way too smart for this yeah. room. Yeah, that people, kind of thing. people really love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, seriously. Um, and I hate to say this, man. I really hate to say this, but Ted Cruz is a better debater than Beto O'Rourke. Mm. And and in the debate that I watched, he beat him. Uh, so if I'm just scoring the debate, I don't think it was close. I think Cruz definitely beat O'Rourke. Does that mean Ted Cruz has better ideas than Beto O'Rourke? No, 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 no. It's a different skill set. And so that's why we oftentimes have terrible presidents. Because the skill set to get elected president is completely different than the skill set you need to govern as president. Of so, course that's right. Of course that's right. It's a, the, look the way that we choose our leaders, presidents, or senators, representatives, or uh, assemblymen. They are. It's it's completely ridiculous. It's completely. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I could suggest some changes, but I don't know a, an overall better system. Um, but of course you're right. I mean, we, we it's it's such a popularity contest. It really hasn't changed from high school. You know? Yep, yep, absolutely. 
the person with the most orange hair wins every it's time. Good. Every well, time. I mean, when you've got the help of the media, that's the big thing. The yeah. media, the media, the, the, the media, they're kingmakers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, look, anyway, it, so. so I have only one answer to that, and I thought of it as you were talking, because I've never had an answer either. Because, look, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others, right? That's a cutesy thing that people say, right? And there's truth to it. Uh, and so it's clunky, it's wrong skill set, et cetera. But it's better than the elites picking our leaders. It's better than uh, killing people until we have a leader, right? So, but that doesn't mean we can't improve it. Uh, and, and I think the way that to improve it is through more and more education, right? So for example, how often have people heard in their lifetimes, hey, remember, be careful when you're picking a president, the person who's more charismatic is not necessarily the one who will govern better. Like you never hear that, right? You almost never ever hear that. Right. Like, but if we taught kids that in school, they might grow up thinking, oh, right, right. When it's time to do an election, I should look for who would govern best, not who I like better or who's funnier or who is a stronger necessarily. Strength could be a factor, right? Empathy could be a factor, but but you know, and we don't teach kids so many of the life lessons that they need. And so we wind up having to learn them through like awfully hard experiences, yeah. right? And I feel like that's, a, and I know why we don't teach it, because we'll have disagreements. Sure. You will have the culture wars about, hey, like the left will wanna teach people to be decent. And the right will say no. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> But we'll have, they'll, have, they'll have arguments over what decency is, certainly. Of course, uh, right. Uh, yeah, well, look, you could, I would make the point, teach kids just what you've decided that you want to teach them, which is that the charismatic leader isn't always the one that is the best leader, that uh, the nicest person in the room isn't always the best leader, isn't always the sharpest leader, isn't always the right person. You could teach them all those things, but human nature is human nature. And people spark to a personality. Uh, George Bush, the, the younger George Bush, won because a lot of people wanted to have a beer with him. It felt like that was the kind of guy you could have a beer with. I mean, what the hell does that have to do with being president, having a beer with him? Yeah. Um, Donald Trump sold a bunch of lies. Uh, Bush, I mean, many politicians sell lies, but Bush had this kind of I feel weird saying this because he was such a meh personality, but this force of personality in the universe in which he was running. I make this point because you can teach kids that, but they're still going to spark to the powerful, the friendliest, the most charismatic. It's in our nature. Exactly. Because we're, we're monkeys, and monkeys follow alpha males. Yep. And it's it's a super sad fact of life, but they do. And by males, I don't mean in that case, Literally, yeah. literal, but uh, metaphorically alpha males. That's right? why I love what you said. A long time ago, you said it. I think you said it many times, but the first time I'd heard it was when you first said it a long time ago. And that was uh, the Democrats or progressives or whomever have to learn that you're goddamn right. Yes. You're, you're God. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, universal health care. That's right. I said it and I mean it. Yeah, so that is why uh, Ojeda has struck such a chord. So this is the guy who ran West Virginia's third district. He's now running for president. Uh, but look, I even was taken aback that he decided to run for president like a day after he lost his congressional election, right? And but you know what? That's strength. Like a guy oozes strength. He's like, oh, I lost by thirteen points. That's an interesting point. On the other hand, I'm running for president. <laughs> Wait, are you sure? You're goddamn right. I'm sure. Right, okay, and now, as I've said many times, he made up the biggest distance between what Trump won a district by and what he lost it by. He made up 36 points, right. which is literally the largest of any of the 435 congressional districts. Yeah, the guy's got something. Yes, and, um, and but he did an ad, so it's the two people I always refer to in this context, is him and Nina Turner. So Ojeda did an ad that we've now shown about a thousand times. You know, people say I'm angry. That's an understatement. Okay, not oh no, I'm sorry for being angry. No, that's an understatement. You have no idea how angry I actually am. 
and then he lists the big companies that screwed over West Virginia, and he says, I can't accept that. <laughs> I can't accept that, okay? And, uh, and, and Nina Turner, in a speech that I saw where she said, you know, sometimes people call me an angry black woman. She said, that's right, yeah. I am, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what I'm angry about, okay? Mm, mm, there you go, strength, Yep. right? That is the way to do it. Yeah, uh, so, okay, uh, that which, there's so many different strands here. I'm trying to decide which of the eight topics I have left to, to discuss. Okay, before Mark and I came on uh, the air, um, we were talking about two choices. Okay, so I, I, I love politics, as you can tell, and I love the news. And, and it partly relates to the what do you teach kids, right? Oh, and I'm going to connect it in this way, and that's why I was pausing. Um, like in management, so... Um, it's shocking how many people don't know this, including myself, until embarrassingly late in my life. Okay, uh, and I went to Wharton Business School, and they and they did not teach this. They teach you oh statistics two hundred one and you know and accounting and this and and finance and all. They forget to teach you the single most and really easy part of management, which. 90%, 98% of people get wrong. Okay, whenever there's a task, you should do three things. Uh, what is the goal of this task? Who is responsible for it? And when is it uh, due by? Okay, every time. So, like, congratulations, you could now be a CEO, <laughs> you could be a <laughs> businessman, you could be a manager. That's the that's armed simply with that information. Just that, yes, just that information. That's like eighty percent of the job. The rest is filler. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, and you can manage anything. It doesn't have to be business. It could be the military. It could be anything. Okay. Uh, what is your goal? Who's responsible for it? And when is it due? Okay. And nobody ever teaches people that. So we have a mess in the business world all across the country and the world because people are like, all right, yeah, let's go do that. And like three weeks later, they're like, who's in charge? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And they're like, wait, when was that due? And then people get angry, right? They're like, wait, I thought it was due on Wednesday. No, the other one's like, it was Friday. All right, we never found out. <laughs> so there are simple things that we can teach people that would make their lives so much simpler, which then leads me to two, two choices. Okay, so I'm now going to teach you another life lesson. So if you thought I was unbearable before, I just went over the top. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, there's always two choices in life, either to do something or not to do it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so the common mistake, seriously, the common mistake that people make is thinking that inaction is not a choice. But it is a choice. So uh, I knew this woman. Uh, it's this is told to me secondhand. I don't want to give away any details, even though it's irrelevant. But uh, she was she's Vietnamese. She lives here in America, and uh, she can t have day day jobs and and you know cleaning jobs, etc. Uh, because she doesn't speak English, right? So she can still piece it together enough to go clean a house, etc. Uh, but learning English is really hard, and it is, right? And it's because, especially because she's grown, it's much easier when you're younger. And so uh, she keeps complaining that she can't get a better job because she doesn't speak English. And and I know that it's a harsh way of putting it, and I, you should soften it probably if you're doing this, right? But but more importantly for yourself, right? And I thought, well, she's got two choices. She could either learn English and get better jobs, or live with the fact that she's not gonna learn English and she's gonna have bad jobs. I'm not saying that either one of those is a pleasant choice, and I'm not even telling you which choice to make. If learning English is too hard, you're like, well, okay, I'm not learning English. I'm just gonna have these day jobs every day, right? And I'm not gonna be able to make more money. That's okay, that's a fine choice. I don't begrudge you that choice. Or you could choose to learn English and get better and better jobs. and. But either way, you got two choices. Not making it is making it. Sure. Okay. And and that is another thing we never teach people. That's exactly that's absolutely right. It's like 
That's viewed as some kind of new information. Like we, we, you heard it just at the recent election. Not voting is voting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Not choosing is choosing, uh, and it's true. You know, it's, you know why we don't teach it is one of those things because kind of feel like you shouldn't have to teach it. Yet you should teach it. It's it takes one second teach. to teach it. You know, uh, and, and every like, I think most of the time that I tell people that. Like some will pretend that that was obvious, right? If it, and and for some it is obvious because they already thought of that and they already had that epiphany earlier or someone taught them that, etc. But a lot of people go, "Oh yeah, that's true." Those are the honest people, right? Yeah. And I remember when I either I don't remember if somebody told me or I thought of it for the first time. And again, embarrassingly late in my life, I was like, "Oh yeah," right? <laughs> And it's so that means that a lot of people didn't know it. Yeah, and you could have fun teaching it to elementary school kids, even you know, mm-hmm. like you give them the choice of you can have a candy cane or a jelly bean, okay? And if you can't decide, then you're going to get the jelly bean. And then the idea—I don't know. Of course, you could teach a lot of things in elementary school if you weren't busy, like hurting kids and going, yeah. you know, Jimmy, get off of him, uh, Raheem, <laughs> put him down and pay attention. Right. Um, so I mean, I, I don't. I don't. No, no, even as you were explaining the example, I was thinking. Yeah, it's, I have it's no, never it's, been in a this, kindergarten from a guy who doesn't have kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. you want the candy cane or the jelly bean? I want both. I want both. You give me both. I want both. And if you <laughs> save both, then you get none. All right. Yeah, um, but it takes tremendous discipline to say you get neither. And right? and the other thing is that it, that that may be the age. Like, it's that. What's that? Um, I used to know the psychologist. There's a you know, there's a certain certain stages of psychology, certain stages of cerebral development, and all that stuff where concepts are not capturable until a certain age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you try to teach a three year old what we're talking about, forget it. If you try to teach a four year old, forget it. Five year old, six year old, and ten. But an eight year old, they're now in a position to get yeah. that concept anyway. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, it should be taught yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, uh, so, and I've said this on multiple occasions, but uh, the other thing that I, my s- second choice in career would be life coach. And I think, uh, if I might say so myself, and I know you're going to be really surprised when I, when <laughs> you I, think you're a good one. Yeah, when I say, <laughs> when I say wow. something positive about myself, yeah. you're just going to, I can knock you over with a feather. That's right extraordinary. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of the most modest people I know. I'm a very hey, mod- look. I'm a very modest genius. Yeah, <laughs> but I do believe um, that I would have been an astounding life coach. You're the okay. most. <laughs> I'm the lifeiest life coach that I know. Yeah, so, uh, I, I I once life coached better than Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> okay. Abraham Lincoln said to me, thank you for life coaching me, okay? Thank you for the tip on the hat, the big hat. I hadn't thought of a big hat, it's a strong hat and a strong beard. I love people who don't get shot in theaters. (laughs) Is it it ever too soon for a Lincoln joke? Yeah, right. But you would have been an incredible life coach. No, and I'll tell you, look, I would have been, whether I was good at the job or not, and I let's be honest, I would have been. <laughs> okay. But that's not exactly what I meant. I, I, I meant that I would have been very successful, and I'll tell you why. And in fact, I might get to prove this since, like, one day if I'd like to make money, maybe I should do that, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I have eschewed money for a long time, like, eschew, shoe money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, get away. Anyway. Um, so sometimes when I complain uh, that uh, I don't have money, Wendy goes, you know, there are two choices. <laughs> <laughs> she turns it back on you. Right. You made a very clear choice. Um, anyway, uh, but the reason I would have been, I'm more sure that I would have been successful than, I, than, I, than I'm sure that I would have been a good life coach. And so the reason I say that is because people love tough love. That's why Dr. Laura was so popular for so long on the radio, even though she is a raging asshole, yeah. right? Not even though, because right. she's that way. Even Wendy, my wife's a therapist and a lovely one, and and God, she helps kids so much, and they're she's amazing and soothing and one. Okay, 
And she's like, yeah, Dr. Laura, I like the way she yells at people. I'm like, what, baby, what are you doing? What are you doing? She's terrible, right? She's not terrible as a broadcaster, but a terrible person. Like, and um, she's like, I know, but it's kind of fun, right? <laughs> so uh, when, if word got around, oh, there's this tough life, life coach, it's not like the other ones. You know, like he, he, tells, he tells it like it is. Those you got two choices. You write a book called Two Choices. <laughs> no, of course, but you're not a hard ass on people. You're just, you have clear positions. You lay them out clearly. That's why I think you'd be a successful life, life coach because you're, people like clarity. People like actionable stuff. People mm -hmm. like, you know, here's the plan, follow the plan, and you'll be able to achieve the next thing that mm -hmm. you want. Let's decide what you want, and then let's have realizable goals. You're... You're a guy of clarity, and you're you're a, you're a no BS guy. But I don't think that you, at least that I've seen, like like a hard ass towards somebody that you're working with or something. No, no. I, if anything, I have the reputation that I'm the opposite. So you're not right. a tough love guy. That that's what tough love is. I yeah, think. I know, I know. Uh, but in my fantasy, when I I, where I'm the life coach, of two choices guy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You know, but I. Uh, in reality, two choices a great. It's such a great. It's a stealable thing. Two choices. Hey, hey, hey! Be cool. Be cool. All I'm right, I got saying, that. That's okay. a great easy. People like easy too. I will sue you because <laughs> <laughs> I love contracts. It's <laughs> like that Malcolm Gladwell that. thing about yeah. the ten thousand hours, and then you become yeah. an expert of the ten thousand yeah. hours, and later it was debunked or whatever. But yeah. but the concept was it seemed sound. Yeah. But you heard no, it over. it's true. I don't. Yeah, care. you heard I don't it over. Believe the debunking. I agree as well. You, you, the point is, if you do something like uh, for that that long, that many times, you'll get good at it. And similarly, so it was like the ten thousand hours, ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. The Jank Uger thing, two choices. Yeah, 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 I got it, two choices. He boils everything down. He says, life's really all about two choices at yeah. every stage. And well, no, you know my, my life's about more complicated things. No, 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 you gotta read this book. It's, it's, it seems like it's about more complicated things, but it's actually two choices. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know, I know. If, I, if it's only a goal I wanted to make thing. money. If only I wanted to make money. And then yeah. we can go to Vegas and have fun. God, uh, yeah. What choices have I made in my life? <laughs> <laughs> Helping people, <laughs> doing a talk show, yabba yabba yabba, right? <laughs> Enough of that crap. Uh, but I, now I'm thinking, like, should I do a side gig because I'm not busy enough? Jenk uh, <laughs> <laughs> Huger, life yeah. coach. Yeah, like no, and and do it like this. You know what? I'm going to charge an absurd number. Yeah. Okay. But you got two choices. You can either <laughs> pay it or not pay it. Okay. A uh, thousand bucks an hour. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And I'll take it super seriously, right? <laughs> I'm not like you do you everything. Me, I value money. You're yeah. gonna pay a thousand dollars an hour. I'm gonna give you a real hour, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and just start a side business, and yeah. people call me. Minimum ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I. Well, how do you? Uh, wait a minute. How, how do you know that I need ten hours? Look, I'm just telling you, it's a minimum ten hours. Okay. See, maybe like, you need it. Maybe you don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, how do you know I need? Uh, see, oh, only a guy who needs ten hours would ask a stupid question. <laughs> like <that>. Okay. <laughs> Everybody needs ten hours. Okay, pal. That's how I know. You should get my second book. Ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> Two choices. Ten hours. <laughs> the sequel to New York Times bestseller. Two choices. Ten hours. Oh, yeah, I thought you were serious about changing your life. Clearly, you're not. If you're asking for the ten hours. Yeah. yeah. So that's what a gaslighter would do. I'm not a gaslighter, yeah. right? It would be like, oh, why are you asking that? Okay, that's weird of you. Like you know, they always right, turn right, things right, around right. on you, right? Oh. Anyway. Uh, I'm putting real thought behind this. Maybe I should get an you, email. You don't have time to do it, Jack. I know. On the other hand, it's a thousand dollars. And don't get me wrong, I will straighten your shit out. Okay? <laughs> uh, like you know, you know what's really good about me, Mark. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've run out of paper, the first sheet of all the stuff that's good about you. I need some more paper, please. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Man, we have fun on this show. Uh -oh. Man, we have fun. Okay. No, I, I'm a logical mother. Mm. Okay. And so I'll break down your life, I'll tell you what's wrong, and then I will fix it. Oh, Anna has uh, texted me. 
So so people tweet sometimes live tweet oh, yeah. the members do uh, during the show. And the 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 member that's most important is Anna Kasparian. Okay? I agree. And uh, and the viewer and the listener that we have uh, that is also our, our, our sometimes our biggest fan, but not often. Uh, <laughs> are usually our toughest critic. Oh no, the podcast people gotta go. What do you mean? Oh, it's, what, it's the podcast is only an hour. Yeah. No, it's too bad. So I uh, I can't read you the text of Anna, but of course you could get it. If you were to do tyt.com slash jank. Oh. Mm. <laughs> you could also do tyt.com slash Anna. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, take sorry. it easy. Take it easy. Okay. See, I get enough of that shit during the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Anna's going, yes, Mark. I like you, Mark. Okay. Anyway, podcast people, we love you to pieces. We'll see you next week. Uh, members, stay right here. Speaking of podcasts. I have one. Oh, it's yes, before you go. The Edge with Mark Thompson. You're Check already on a podcast yeah, thing. That's why I feel it's an audience that is used yes. to the platform. The Edge with Mark Thompson. You got to go there, okay? All right. We, have a big, we talked to the guy who, uh, one of the guys who uncovered a bunch of uh, irregularities in the Georgia election. This is what's going on right now, the recount. So anyway, you'll find that interesting. So, But Mark, you got to sell it like me, okay? It's the best podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know what's really good about me? I do <laughs> An awesome podcast. That's what I do. Okay, <laughs> really strong podcast. I have the strongest podcast. It's on the edge. It's on the most edge you'll ever get. It's the strongest edge there is. Okay, it's surrounded by other podcasts, big podcasts. I need that audio. I need that audio. <laughs> All right, the edge with Mark Thompson. Thank you. The edge with Mark Thompson. Yes. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com slash join.